Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's episode is part two of Josh and I's September elk hunt. And today, something hits the ground. Hey, Josh. What's up, Baxter? We're back, part two. Because we left off uh, with you flying back to Idaho. So maybe we just don't even mess around and we go straight to it. Colorado, Idaho, who knows? (laughs) I think we got to restart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Josh. What up, Baxter? Oh, man, part two. So I think we left off with you flying back to Mystery State and uh, coming back up to go hunting. So maybe we dive into that. Today's a good day because we get to talk about an elk that hit the ground, or at least majority of that story. (laughs) So... Yeah, flew back from Nebraska and then uh, got to the airport, drove out. Oh, this was fun. So that night I drove out to my spot, the spot I had scouted previously. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to the trailhead at me. Yeah, yeah, and walk us through that. Is that like a trailhead? Is that like a piece of dirt, end of a road? Like what? Yeah. Where were you? So I was driving on a pretty big like dirt road and then turned off to like i think i don't know if it's an official trailhead or not but yeah just a small i saw like yeah just a really small dirt road i saw two other cars there um so not too bad i guess anyway uh, i got out packed all my stuff and i was gonna sleep in my car that night and hike in the next morning because i got there at like i think it was like 8 p.m like it it just gotten dark Mm -hmm. or maybe it was just starting to get dark and I'm packing up everything, packing up everything, checking everything, and then bam, rangefinder's out of battery. Because <laughs> oh. I, I left it outside the tent uh, in Nebraska when it was really cold one night or something. Uh, I don't know yeah. what happened, but it completely drained the battery. Yep. And uh, I bought replacement ones, but I hadn't double checked it. So when I tried to put them in at night at the trail, it didn't fit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. I mean, I know this month's going to come with challenges, and this is going to be the first one. So I thought about options in my head. Worst case scenario, I got to buy one on Amazon, ship it to like some hotel or something, no. and I'm going to lose like two days of hunting. Best case scenario, I'm going to drive down and find it at I don't know at a at a Walmart or something like that. Yeah. So I decided to take the risk, and well, I yeah. So I just drove out of that Jeez. spot at like 8 p.m. Got to the city to service by like. I don't know, nine-ish, 9.30. And then looked around and went to a grocery store. Nope, nothing. Walmart, nearest Walmart was like an hour away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was I was about to go, but I decided to go check one more store because the local um, said to check that spot just in mm-hmm. case. Went to Albertsons and lo and behold, they had it. I bought like four of them. <laughs> and then awesome. uh, it fit perfectly. Drove back to the trailhead, got to there at like midnight. <clears throat> And just went to sleep. Everything was packed. Dang. And for guys that don't know, this is, uh, I mean, I've got the context here, but that's a brutal drive. That's what, hour and a half, <laughs> two hours down dirt roads. It's not fun. Yeah. It's round trip, three, four hours, something like that to go get a yeah. battery. <laughs> now, the, I think of all the batteries of anything I've ever used elk hunting, the most fickle by far are rangefinders. Oh, really? Um, and they do funky things too. Because I think the draw of a laser is really high power. Um, that's the, my theory. I don't know, but I think mm-hmm. that's what goes on because if they get low, sometimes you'll try to fire them and they won't work and until the battery heats up. It's kind of sporadic. 
anyway, I don't, they typically don't see batteries completely die. I see them kind of get less reliable. So yeah, one of the mine few was... things I do every year is just full. Like I just put a brand new one in right before the season. Nice. Um, because it's, yeah, that's so mission critical. It was weird too. Cause I feel like it had sat in the cold before, but anyway, the day before it was full battery next day, n- nothing just interesting. Dead. Yeah. yeah I, I leave mine out in the cold. So it hasn't. Yeah. yeah so I don't know what it was. Batteries. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, yeah, slept in the Subaru Outback first time sleeping in that thing. Wasn't too bad. Um, hiking in the morning and, um, I go in and about 1.2 miles from where I parked, I, I found my first wallow or like confirmed, like I had it pinned, but I actually mm-hmm. like confirmed my first wallow. Awesome. And it was super clear water and no tracks. Mm-hmm. It didn't smell like elk at all. Yep. And, uh, but I was just pretty happy that like, this is my first wallow. Hey, maybe I can come back here. Yeah. And well, then big, you know, it's a big thing. Like saying, Hey, my e-scouting is at least working. Right. I'm finding wallows. Right. Yeah. 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 I was pretty happy about that. And I was like, and I debated, should I sit here? Should I not? Um, no, I don't know. I don't, but, uh, while I was sitting, like, you know, I think we're kind of telling the story and talking mm-hmm. learnings at the same time, but I don't, I have never, it, guys are always like sit wallows during the day. And I've done that so many times and I've just never seen good results with that. Yeah. Like, I think it's a once, once kind of thing. And I think where it comes from is a lot of guys see it on trail cams during the summer when it's truly hot, uh-huh. but you really don't, even if it's hot during elk season, I hardly ever see elk come in the middle of the day. So if I'm ever going to sit one, I'll typically do it at night, like last five or 10 minutes of light. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've heard if you are going to do it early seasons better than late season. For sure. Um, yeah. And then I've also heard the argument of like midday instead of if you're going to like sit at your tent, might as well sit at a wallow instead because like one sure. chance yeah. for zero. So I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, from a couple guys out there, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's typically it. Yeah. No, I don't. Like you said, I don't go back to the tent really and hang out. I yeah, I yeah. sit at a wallow or something, but that's part of where I, I've just learned they don't really, I don't think elk really actively use them. You know, sometimes when they're in the rut, I'll see bulls on cams and stuff checking wallows, like they'll come mm-hmm. with percent and that sort of thing. So that could work too, but it's lower odds. I'd, I generally, I'd rather be up high somewhere I can glass than glass. sit in the wallow because you're yeah. way higher odds of seeing something even in the middle of the day. Right. Instead of just like one wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, started hiking up, uh, kept going back. I was shooting for this, um, this saddle to camp on. And at around one ish in the afternoon, as I was h- hiking up, I look up and bam, 70 yards in front of me, there's a cow just staring straight at me. And my face is just lit up in the sun. Like I can uh, the heat of it, you know, Yep. even with the brim of my hat. But uh, I was just caught frozen. And, and that was my first time having being that close to an elk mm-hmm. that I could shoot, you know, during yeah. hunting season. And I was just, yeah, I, some curse words went off in my head and I just, <laughs> I just yeah. watched. And then slowly, like two calves stood up, like mm-hmm. right under her, next to her. Uh. And then another cow got up and they slowly just walked up that hill into thick they were like kind of in the thickness yeah and uh right above a creek and then i made a mistake so because i know i know i know i didn't spook him i was just completely dead still for probably two minutes it felt like way longer yeah and so i made the mistake of when i tried to go chase him i went straight up like 
the direction that they went I, instead of going all the way around and coming down on them where they wouldn't expect me but also it was so like loud where i was in that thickness like a lot of yeah. branches and crunchy stuff so i heard them spook over yeah well was it where was the wind i mean that's the most important thing right were you the were wind you down was on? i was downwind uh when I headed up that way, the wind was coming across me, like going towards my right and down. So I should have gone right and around looped up them. and then down. Yeah. Looped them, I think, yeah. but, um, I was too excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, I mean, so stinking loud in these places. Sometimes you just like, st- you know, stalking in on them is really stinking hard. And I think that's a great example of like playing different tactics too. Like if we, as you saw later in the season with that, we'll get to that story, but the cow, like the calf call and stuff, like there's different ways you can play that scenario. Cause you might go, Hey, I can't stalk in on these. It's too loud or, you know, right. It's uh, but yeah, you'll lesson learn, right. You, you know what you do different next time, even if that might not work, who knows? Yeah. I wonder if it's too loud. Maybe if I should have done that lost calf cow or, or, or some kind of cow call, like I've seen you do. Yeah. No, if you're trying to kill a cow, that's that one's, there's very few calls I think work more than 10% of the time. That's one mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, that's they they definitely cuz no one does that. No one right. really calls in cows with a calf. Right. Like it's uh yes, it does work for sure, but anyway, yeah, going. everybody's going for bulls. Yeah. Um but yeah, that afternoon I set up my my camp and then I went to go find these other bigger wallows that I saw um on Onyx way a lot deeper in the back, like maybe 3 miles in, two and a half, something like that. And uh hiked in and then as i approached that big wall in the back this was around 6 p.m or so um i i, I start moving slow because just in case i'm anticipating there's going to be elk there and as soon as i like crest over that this small little ridge i see them the two cows and the two calves that i spooked from earlier mm-hmm. are actually at that walla and then i just freeze and slowly <laughs> drop back and i'm pretty sure they didn't see me but they were kind of Maybe they did because they were kind of walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spend the next hour doing this giant loop to try to refine them. And I end up finding two other hunters back there instead, sitting another wallow. Um, but they told me they're going after bulls, not cows. And he kind of pointed the direction they went. And I looped around a big area yeah. there again and just didn't end up finding them. And then so I sat down because I was already pretty high up. And uh, around 7.30 p.m., I'm glassing and bam, three bulls about mm-hmm. uh, 1,200 yards away yeah. from my glassing spot. Um, yeah, but it was like 7.30 and it gets dark at like, I don't know, 7.50 or something. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I can make it all the way through to there, um, up yeah. and down, up and down to get to them. But that's, I was pretty excited though for day. Yeah, I remember you texting me about that, but I think that's one of the... That's probably one of the the top three biggest conundrums in elk hunting. You'll oft, really often see bulls or other elk like, you know, just far enough away that you're like, am I going to make it there before sun down? I think the answer almost always for me too is like, go for it. Because mm-hmm. there's been multiple times I've done the same thing where I'm like, I'm not going to go. And then you're, you're always pissed and bummed, you know, and you're kind of, there's always the anxiety of coming back after dark and you find camp. Uh, I think it's one of the big benefits of keeping camp on your back, right? You can kind of just go with it and right. itch it. But uh, yeah, that's a tough, I mean, that's a tough one too. And I think uh, and the other one with the cows that like, 
huge lesson I've learned over the years is that there's a really big difference in how elk spooked. And you kind of keyed in on it on that one, but they, you know, if they kind of just like look a little nervous and wander off, there's different levels. There's like, they don't know you're there. They wander off. There's, they feel something's a little weird and then they wander off. And then there's like, they spook kind of trot a little bit and then slow down. And then there's like hard spook, which they jump and run. Right. And then there's like, like nuclear option. They saw you, they jumped, they ran and they didn't stop. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so you can read their body language between all those. And I think if you're to your point earlier, like if it's a, they just kind of wander off, Mm -hmm. they're generally not spooked. And that's all always like the dog and the bull thing we talk about later, like always, always follow up on that because they really won't go that far. They kind of just go to the next spot and then they somewhere they feel safe. And I always like let them rest for a bit, but that was a really good instincts to follow up on them because they're not truly spooked. They'll, they won't go far. Yeah. I think I learned that from um, the mule deer hunt because we, one of the stocks I ended up doing on that hunt was a second stock. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the, yeah. So it was like seven 30 ish. I saw those three bulls and I debated in my head about whether I should go after them. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they were out of sight, like they kind of went over a little hill I like packed up my stuff and I started moving towards them mm-hmm. and I just started almost running just going nice. fast. And then I went down this Creek and it started getting dark. And then I was like, Oh crap, it's, it's definitely too dark. And I was just, I sat in a glass, like the other side where I thought they'd be, I couldn't really find them. Mm-hmm. They're still like maybe 500 yards away, like in terms of range finder distance, which in reality walking to would be even farther. Yeah. Way further than that. Yeah. So I called it moved hiked back uphill to camp and that was actually that night was my first night solo in new country hiking back in the dark um and it was a little uncomfortable for sure oh yeah no that's a (laughs) yeah that's a weird feeling the first time you go through it yeah i figured out a trick later that makes me feel better which is i i sing like a a repetitive Hmm. lyric in my mind over and over to like it's like this vance joy song it's just like a happy go lucky song Mm -hmm. and uh that actually made me feel way better i I learned i didn't try it that night because i didn't know to try it but uh yeah all in all day one put in seven miles i have in my notes of walking and hiking and it was a great great first day awesome yeah you're into elk you're seeing them it's pretty pretty awesome right and you're i mean that's what a week and a few days into season so it's not like you're there opening day like you're still seeing elk it's good stuff yeah i was very happy um and then (laughs) i have here my notes worst sleep ever last night couldn't stay asleep (laughs) got up a bit late as the sun was starting to rise oh no (laughs) the first night in backpacking stuff yeah maybe elevation yep yeah, a lot of guys it. get that. I mean, I, I think it's just like a known thing. Your first, whatever it is, your first night is just always brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah so it just, just kind of is what it is, you know? Yeah. Then the next day was a long day. Then the day after is, I think, when we met up. Um, mm-hmm. Should I just keep going for the next Yeah, day? yeah. Well, just give us, the, give us your long day and then we'll, and we'll just okay. get the other stuff. So, yeah, that one... Um, as the sun was starting to rise, I got out and I started glassing. I didn't see anything, but I did see two antelope just way up high. So I was happy, like, oh, cool. I'm like getting better at glassing. I can see animals. Yep. Um, and then I did see an elk jog through a gap mm-hmm. in the timber, yeah. uh, which is kind of in the area uh, near where I saw him the night before, Yeah. but not exactly where I saw him. Yep. Um, 
And then in, I made a mistake. Instead of going after them, because they were actually pretty close to where the other hunters were camped, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's their area. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go after that bull. Yeah. Uh, even though it was like pretty far. And I mean, yeah. I definitely saw it. So, yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard one. I mean, I think the biggest rule is like never leave elk to find elk, you know, like, if you yeah, know where they are, like, do not leave. But I respect that you're trying to give them a little margin. Um, yeah, I think for me, generally, the rule is if I know they're in that area and they're going to be hunting that, I'm not going to go. But I've seen hunters so many times now where I see their tent, I know where they are and I know there's elk near them, but I just, guys don't go uphill. They don't go, you know, they just don't go to the places the elk actually are. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten pretty comfortable at hunting fairly near to guys as long as I'm very confident that's like not where they're going. Right, right. Um, and that's, but that's also a really good point on the glassing because that's almost always how I spot, you know, singles or doubles of elk or, you know, big bulls just kind of moving is you, uh, you just catch them in between trees. Yeah. Or like if, we're, if I'm glassing elk at sundown, I might spend an hour and I'll be hitting the same, you'll be gridding the same area. I'll grid it like 10 times. Mm. and that's just guys hate right. that but you're just literally you'd be looking at the same thing you've looked at 10 times before but all of a sudden you see a little quick flash between a tree there's the bull he's gone right like they just don't stand typically they don't really stand out in the open unless they're really really comfortable so it's kind of the that's how it generally goes down right yeah it requires a lot of patience um yeah i felt pretty lucky i was like oh that was definitely an elk right there and then <laughs> I have it here in my notes, took a nap from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Whatever. I, mean, I was just so tired from the night before, yeah. but just being fully transparent, that's what I did. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's key because it's so easy to go out hard the first few days and then burn yourself out for the next week. Like you got to, mm-hmm. your body's acclimating. You got to take it somewhat slow, you know, and maybe yeah. 8.30 to 10.30 wasn't the best time, but <laughs> You know, I, I really think the worst time of the day is actually like 10 to 10 to 12. Everybody thinks it's the afternoon, but I think that's one of the best times. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. 10 to 12 to take a nap or. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, okay. that's like right after they get back and they're bedded down for good. Gotcha. It's not much going down. Yeah. So I missed it by a couple hours there, a couple hours. Right. Early. <laughs> um, and then, so day two, my plan was to do a huge loop along. It's almost like a giant bowl, like a valley slash bowl thing and i wanted to stay high and just do a huge loop all the way out back onto the road hike up the road then back to the car well and so um that was the plan at least and so i pack up my camp and everything i head back and i go up to the way back and then start doing the loop and then um this is where i learn about the uh <laughs> checking the, the weather. weather yeah yeah so i'm hiking up this crazy ridge like along it and then it goes from uh, like a it goes into basically just super rocky uh spot where there's no more plants and it's just like rocks the size of your fist almost and just imagine a huge slide across like a mountain face of just that stuff and it was pretty steep definitely the steepest thing i've been on the whole month was that Mm -hmm. moment and I kept going up and up because I wanted to cross over that ridge onto yeah. the other side because on the top topo map, it looked like there was a nice little saddle there. I can camp for that night and glass both sides. That was the dream. I could glass into a whole new area and the whole area I'd been hunting. Yep. And so 
I start getting to the steep part where it gets really sketchy where I'm each step I'm being pretty careful and I'm looking down this thing. I can almost touch the hill right in front of me. It's that steep. And I just start getting nervous. I'm yeah. like, holy crap. Wait, I, sh- I don't think I should be here right now. It's yeah. kind of sketchy. And then I look backwards the way I came in. I, I can't go back down. It, especially going backwards. I didn't want to do a spin like a 180 and go down. I So I just kept, all right, I'm just going to go up oh, and over. Sketchy. Yeah. So I gingerly one step at a time, go up, 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 maybe another, I don't know, 50 yards or so up this steep thing. And I get to the top. And as soon as I can look over, I realize my plan is completely shot because it, it just cliffs off right there. Yeah. And the saddle's like way like way farther than it than it looked on the map i just can't get there and then the wind starts to i mean the wind's been picking up but up there like you can really feel the wind because you're peeking over that ridge kind of skyline i guess yeah and then these dark clouds are rolling in and i'm like oh man i hope it like maybe it's gonna rain soon i don't know and I remember that. So that is the scariest moment I've ever had uh, yeah. still to this date um, backpacking. And it's because I, yeah, I just felt like I was stuck there. And um, I remember from the bow hunter education online, there's like an acronym. They say stop STOP. And I, and I don't even know if I remember it correctly, but what I was thinking in my head was stop, think, observe, plan stop think observe plan and i even said it out loud nice four times in a row because yeah. i was just kind of panicking a little bit you know yep um and then eventually i just realized i got to get off of this thing somehow so i slowly turn do that 180 and turn around yep and instead of going down the way i came i kind of side hill it yep sketchy side hill out uh it almost felt like one out of every five steps was like one of those steps that could just it could be over you know yeah slide off this whole thing but i got off eventually (laughs) and then and then it started raining as i was hiking out i was gonna go find that flat spot along the way Mm -hmm. and it started raining and then it started hailing then it started snowing (laughs) and then i got to like the flat spot and i started setting up camp and it was hailing snow sleet this weird winter yeah, mix i was getting wet I, I tried to put the the uh, tarp over me and set up the tent under but i just started getting frustrated and wasn't working and yeah but i eventually set it all up and i got in that thing and it was i checked the weather at that point and it was like oh man it's gonna get down to 21 tonight it's gonna be cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got a full just for context for people listening you know i'm i'm what 30 miles north of you, something like that. And uh, I had been in and I had pulled out that afternoon because I had had to be back in town for some calls and some business and stuff. And uh, I'd seen it and I looked and be like, oh man, like I know this area, that's a, that's a winter storm coming through. Like a winter storm is the wrong way to say it. I know that's going to snow, right? And that's going to be yeah. blustery and hellish. And so it just, uh, man, it gave me the cold sweat the first time I heard you talk about that situation. Because if you'd been 45 minutes later, you might have walked up there with the, yeah that stuff blowing down your back. And uh, mm-hmm. you'll never do that again, fortunately. Never, but, never, uh, ever. I, mean, I think that's how the majority of really sketchy things happen in the uh, in the wilderness. From what I've learned, I mean, yeah, there's sudden moments where like a bear runs in or something weird happens. But it's almost always like a slower progression. Like if something mm-hmm. doesn't feel right, you don't like it. 
you think you know where you are, you aren't, you know, right. This stuff kind of builds, right. It's like one thing on top of another. And mm-hmm. I think you did the exact right thing, which is like, you, you stop the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. stuff it's like, okay, <laughs> okay. This is not going the right direction. Like, let's get out of here. So I'm very fortunate you had that, that, uh, ability to kind of recognize that and get back out of there in a calm way. Right. That's, that definitely sounds like a sketchy night. Yeah. It was weird because going up it, you, you're, you're getting uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a sec. I, I'm really uncomfortable now. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm panicking. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. I gotta, I gotta just chill for a sec. Let me just yep. think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen that like a lot of the solo sailing I've done a lot of the other stuff. Like it's always the same progression. It's like, yeah. you feel weird. You kind of get this flush, like this little mm-hmm. rush of stuff. And they're like, that's weird. And then you kind of, try to push it down and you push a little further and then it yeah. kind of comes ripping back and then you're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. And then, then it's just like boom flood, like panic, you know, like it's right, right there. Oh so, man. Yeah. I hope yeah. I never feel that again. That was not very fun. Um, and then that night was one of the longest nights I had out there. It's just so cold. I'm a little wet and it's windy and loud and snowing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put in my notes, snowing and cold got all my layers on and in my sleeping bag might be a long night i just wrote might be a long night (laughs) (laughs) good yeah yeah. it's it's, that's and we talked about this before when guys are always asking what's the right temp for a sleeping bag and Mm -hmm. so many guys say ah yeah 20 degree sleeping bag's fine i'm like well the comfort rating on that is actually 28 Mm -hmm. like 20 to 15 10 degrees in elk country, even in September, is not that unusual. I'm like, you just, man, you don't want that night. That's a brutal, yeah. brutal. Yeah, mine's 15 degree, and I was still wearing base layer, mid layer, outer layer, beanie. I was wearing, um, oh, I didn't have my long johns that night. Uh, I didn't pack them because I was like, ah, 10% chance of rain. I think I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah lesson learned. Yeah. Ten percent means a hundred percent, basically, right? I, I remember you saying something like that. In this area, yeah. I mean, every area is different. You just kind of have to get to know it. But um, yeah, yeah. If they they're calling for anything, it's going to get it. Because the the problem with this, and this is a good one for for the guys, is that the forecasts almost all of them are off of weather stations. The only places there's weather stations are in habitated areas, right? So town X, that's an hour and a half from us, is four or five thousand feet down lower. It's at the base of kind of the beginning of the mountains. And that's very common in elk country. All the, you know, no one lives in the mountains, right? They live in like the valleys. And so what I know is all the forecasts are based off of that area. They're not based off of where you are, right? Very rarely, unless you have an inReach with GPS on, it's all your phone forecasts, computer forecasts. So the problem with that is that 5,000 feet up and in the mountains, you know that there's going to be very different weather. And so if you haven't learned what that weather does versus the forecast from the local town, like it's a problem. Right. And I know that, you know, that local town, if they say even 10, 20% chance of rain there and the, you know, I subtract 20 degrees and up the rain percentage by like four X. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, anyway, well, you learned that one the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, next morning I, Got out of my tent to do some glassing and I realized it was 17 degrees. So I can only stay out for like yeah. 30 minutes and my hands were frozen. My feet were frozen. I went back in the tent, slept a little bit. And then I went back out, like hiked out. I saw no fresh sign, no elk. Then yep. I met up with you, did some laundry, ate a burger, got yeah. some tater tots. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we, uh, yeah, that point, I mean, this is kind of where our stories link up and I don't, there wasn't really any memorable moments for me between that, that last few days. It was so hot and so smoky that, and we'd hoped that that storm had gotten some of the elk moving. I found out later that the guys that stayed up there when it came through that did light up a few that night Mm -hmm. as cold weather sometimes does, but I really didn't see much going on. And it was still that like the deadest period of elk hunting I've ever seen, right? That five day period of just smoke. Right. So I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to sit this one out and then I'll come back up. Yeah. And I had the, you know, those calls and things to do mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Um, so this is what we're now a week and a half into season. Basically I pop out, we managed to get a flat coming downhill, which. Oh yeah. You know, fun on that. I mean, there's like a thousand foot drop right there off that dirt road. So it was uh, rather sketchy changing that. So we had to do yeah. a lot of stuff. We won't bore guys with all that, but, long story short, well, I think it was Wednesday. We both hopped in the truck and I'd, I made a deal with you. I think it was cause I'm only there for two weeks, right? I know mm-hmm. I've got this two week window and I, I technically could have come back up, um, the last few weeks, but you know, just with all the stuff going on in life, um, that wasn't really in the cards. Mm-hmm. I knew that hey, I'm going in Wednesday. I've got four or five days. And so I said, Hey Josh, like I'm, I'm down to hunt together, but only if I'm shooter. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like first shooter. And, uh, so I think and I had the rest of the month. Weird, so yeah, I you know three weeks left or whatever it was. But yeah, and you I were really so good with that. About that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I knew like just watching you hunt and and just the whole time like being in there that would increase my chances later uh, when I went on my own by yeah double triple. Yeah. You know, I think so, so. I honestly do. I think we looked, we could do a ton. It was like that was probably the most meaningful part of the whole thing. It was super cool to. We didn't, we never really planned to hunt together. I think we planned to link mm-hmm. up and see each other, but I don't know if we, there was never like a, Hey, we're going to spend this amount of time. Like, we'll see if it works. And so for yeah, it yeah. was really awesome. We're like, this is, so we've been talking about this for six, seven months and it's one thing talking about it too, showing it. Um, yeah. I definitely didn't plan on hunting together. I, I was like, yeah, I might see you at the uh, YMCA or somewhere. Maybe we'll grab a burger when, if we're in town the same day or something. But yeah, yeah. No, so it was really cool. So it was a super exciting chance and for me too you know after a week and a half of grinding alone like you're pretty you're pretty beat down as you've learned right like Mm -hmm. hunting is hard in other ways just because your mental state and um so it was really cool to be like i've got somebody that i can go to places i can't go alone and right take a little more risk a little more stuff so so we went back up wednesday and uh straight into it so we went back to the place that i had been because you know my logic was I know this area past three years, there's always elk here, no matter what. Um, like I want to go make sure they're, they're here or go make sure they're not here is what I should have said. Um, and so what do we do? We went straight up the middle that first day, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and we went right to kind of where I'd seen that five by five, the day one. And you know, I won't, won't go through it in detail, but basically I got to show you what no elk sign looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a lot of really cool moments where I could show you, that's that old. That's what that track looks like. I mean, there was a lot of like cool moments like, hey, this is how I'm hunting. I mean, you got to see right. stop at the windows. You got to see mm-hmm. how I'm always like when I'm moving between areas, I'm trying to stay in high odds lanes, staying by water, all these things, right? Like there was a lot of cool learning there, but I, mean, I think I was pretty bummed. You could probably tell that like that area up in the middle, about five or 800 feet up, just traditionally got a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, I could really tell you were like, this is so weird. Normally, we would have bumped one here. Like, yeah. normally, they're here all. You were so many times you were pointing, like, okay, normally there's a, there's a group yeah. here, here, over there. And yeah. then we went to this green area. They're normally bedded here or feeding there. 
it yep. was, but nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I know this, I mean, to your point, I know this place like the back of my hand and I think it's hard to underestimate the value of that. Mm-hmm. We're all cunning. Cause especially if you're solo, especially if you're not calling, cause your ability to like anticipate and know means you're going to be like your fundamental problem is you can't tiptoe around everywhere. You'd never go anywhere. Right. Yeah. You always have to make a call. It's like, what's a time that's worth tiptoeing or going super slow into an area and what's in an area I'm going to kind of walk through and you know, you're just, you're rolling dice constantly, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not. And, uh, for that area, yeah, I rolled dice on a lot of areas. I'm like, that's, I've never seen odds this bad, right? Like there's just nothing here. Yeah. Um, and so we did the, uh, kind of the nuclear option went up way high up to the left where I'll go call the diving board. Um, went all the way up there, still saw nothing, showed you the world's biggest wallow, <laughs> got to see some mm-hmm. cool stuff. Uh, you got a full workout for sure. Like no questions. And then we got up on the top of that ridge and I distinctly remember, and that was the ridge I had that kind of pass out experience on. So I got to talk you through that, which is a real fun one. But, uh, I distinctly remember I was like, we got up on that ridge and I glassed back into two or three basins. I looked at a bunch of other areas and I was like, Josh, they're literally not here. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I saw 76 up here the other time or 71 or whatever it was like, Mm -hmm. they're not here. Um, and I was like afternoonish, right? We were like afternoonish, and oh yeah, yeah. The tension on this one, this was pretty funny too. I uh, we there was a lot of logistics going on. That was why I had to go out the day before around the house closing, mm-hmm. and you know, the, a lot of stuff. Which we won't dive into details. But long story short, there was still a little anxiety it might not go through. Yeah. Um, and so I'm also like mentally totally fuzzed because I'm just keep watching the clock. Like, tell me it's gone through. Tell me it's gone through. Yeah, uh, five o'clock comes and goes. Real estate agent's not responding. <laughs> I'm just kind of like tweaking out a little bit. We haven't seen a single elk. I'm gonna. I'm like a local minimum for sure. I'm pretty. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> and then uh, I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but I I think we we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, on the other side of that, the basin that's that diving board's next to, we hear a bugle. Yep. And that was your first, the first bugle you've ever heard. Right? Yep. And I was like. Yep. Was that a bugle? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, hell yeah, that was a bugle. Yeah. And uh yeah, definitely one that was, that was 605, all lit up. 605, 605 something like that. And then mm-hmm. right after that, I think the, the agent texted me and was like, Yes, it it went through officially. We're recorded, like you own a house. <laughs> yeah. Which was <laughs> so awesome. It was crazy. I mean, it was a pretty massive set of emotions flying back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um really cool moment but even cooler it's like your first bugle and it's just all these crazy things happening at once yeah so um, it's a huge sigh of relief for you i remember you, we were glassing yeah and you just drop back on your back with this so just like file back it was just like yes <laughs> yep huge sigh of relief your eyes are closed just big smile and then we heard a bugle where we you were convinced there were no elk in here yep i mean all the signs pointed to no elk in there so and i still think they were really i think he was like the only active bull in that entire area i mean I think there yeah. could have been a few others kegged up but you don't want to hunt those anyway mm-hmm. um so yeah it was uh pretty crazy and that night um we didn't go after that one that night correct no because it was like yeah, you gotta go was, down and then around and then up yeah when we glassed him he was only like 900 yards but that was like a mile down and a mile up <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and it was like by that time about an hour before sunset Mm-hmm. so the, the thing you talked about earlier it was that hard decision of go in or not um but he seemed pretty content i remember it was him he's a big six 
Yeah. He had a smaller five that wasn't vocal in any way. Mm-hmm. This is pretty early in the season. So it was really interesting because he was lit up and he was going every 30 or probably, yeah, probably every three or four minutes, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. We heard, yeah, I was like, I heard my first bugle that night and my next like 10, 12, 20 yeah, bugles 20, that 30, night. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was going for it. So we're like, he's probably going to be here. Nobody comes up there. Nobody wants to go there. That's why it's good. Um, so we said, let's just wait for him and go get him in the morning. Uh, so we, and we'd had a big day getting up there. A lot of things combined, but anyway, slept that night, uh, went down after him the next day. And if that, that was funky. We didn't quite know where he was. The echoes mm-hmm. kind of all in there. And I remember we had to do a lot of crazy stuff to get up underneath him eventually. I mean, including a really steep climb. Remember that? That was like, I do remember that. And also remember how thick it was. So thick and so loud, so thick, so loud, super loud. Um, oh yeah, and then we could have killed the same day. Could have killed a few cows. But the first encounter was mm-hmm. uh, we were kind of trying to side hill up, and the wind switched, and he moved from left to right. I don't. I mean, we could be doing this podcast for ten hours. We went through each of these, but we tried to play the the wind right by coming down below him, and we were side hilling up this really steep stuff. And as I'm side hilling up, I just look, like hear a pop, and I'm like. I remember I think it stuck my hand out towards you, right? Yep. Yep. It has like a like stop this. motion. Mm-hmm. The stop motion. And sure enough, right at like 40 yards, cow and a calf. Um, staring right at us. Staring right at us. And we stayed still mm-hmm. well, probably five minutes before they started to move, right? It was, it was long. Yeah. It was a while. And then she came around and there was a gap. I put an arrow in it just for kicks. And there was a gap at like 36. Remember, I think I even like pointed to it for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is a dead elk. And she went right to the gap when I kind of mute and she stopped right in it. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't draw unless I'm pretty confident I'm going to shoot. Cause man, if that arrow went off, that'd be a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, that's a dead elk, very dead elk. Uh, and she walked around and then the bull was off to our right. We, uh, we, I think we had to actually spook her. Remember that? Cause it was, we were within 30, 40 yards of her for the next 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, and and then we found another. Uh, uh, oh wait, no, I think that that was the one. Yeah, we. One. Yep, yeah. yep. And we kind of soft spooked her. Yeah, we soft spooked. So I intentionally spooked her because like we need to get to this bull, mm-hmm. and I intentionally tried to step out to the right and spook her back away from the bull, mm-hmm. and it kind of worked. But yeah, to your point, I remember like what was it? Twenty minutes later, she kind of walked by us again. <laughs> right. That's right. Yep. yep. And uh, could yet another one. Uh, just feeling bad because I'm like, Josh would kill a cow in a heartbeat. And here we are turning all these down. Um, but uh, so then we tried to get to that bull. And that was that was a funky encounter that's worth spending some time on. I remember we, we kind of got below him and the wind was somewhat steady. And uh, he bugled ahead of us. And I basically had you stay back and rake. And I went yep. up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of went up to the right. And in hindsight, we think he actually came in to the, from the left. Yeah, he kind of like snuck right by us. Wait, well, not right by us, but kind of, above. kind of right up to us, above us. And yeah, you know, that was kind of, I don't know what I was thinking. In hindsight, it all seems clear in the moment. It's tough sometimes, but the wind was kind of blowing uphill. And they always do tend to circle into the downwind side. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I guess what I remember it now, there was two or three little clearings that I could walk through pretty quietly because it's so loud up there mm-hmm. that I, even though it wasn't an ideal setup, I just wanted to do that. Um, and so I went off to the right, he went left. We found his prints later and we're not hundred percent sure of timing, but it looked like he came in within easily within a hundred yards of you. 
mm-hmm. probably got a good glimpse of you and then just kind of skedaddled. Yeah. To where I was raking. Yeah. To where yeah. you were raking. Yeah. They always, yeah. If, they, if you rake, they come in, they, you mm-hmm. know, that's a, uh, maybe we're giving away some, some tips here, but I didn't, uh, I don't call I'll rake if I get really close to a bowl like that, that's lit up. Um, and he was really lit up. Remember that he was going like every, he was mm-hmm. same thing every five minutes, at least the entire loud. Pretty loud, 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 loud. Yeah. 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 So that was a bummer. I mean, I think that was a real sad one because I thought we had a good chance at that bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did. I just, it just didn't pan out. Right. Just a numbers game. Um, and then I'll keep skimming. So we'll get to the really good stuff here on this episode yeah. for guys, but we walked over the saddle there. Uh, we saw spooked two cows and saw another one. And I remember I called that one in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we called it, did the show Josh, the power of the lost calf mew. And that, that cow was alone in a meadow, what, 400 yards below us? Yeah. Something and like came that. straight up yep. right to us. Right just, to us. Just panting and looking. Just yep. And we were wearing a camo. The sun was just completely on us. Didn't yep. see us at all. Wide open. Not a tree around us. We're in a scree on the side of a mountain. Like just mm-hmm. nothing. And uh, it was pretty entertaining. She walked by at like 20 something yards for like super close. 50, 60 yards. Just all like a circle around us pretty much. Yeah. I don't think she ever even knew we were there. Nope. No idea. Nope. Yeah, but I was trying to remember. I was like doing the draw motion to you and pointing. And doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it's pretty cool. I think I remember you being pretty jazzed by that encounter more than. Oh, before. I was yeah. like, I can't believe because it, it was just crazy to see her come straight up, us to be standing in the sun, and for her to be looking straight at us and just moving her head and just walking right by. Yeah, I I just couldn't believe it. It just seemed too easy to me, you know. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Make that seem a little easy. That one was, <laughs> they don't really happen like that all that often. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we had two or three of those in the next few days. But yeah. But uh, anyway. Um, so then after that, we went and looked around in a bunch of different areas. We spent the next night out there. But I was, at this point, I'm like, I really think that was, that bull was the only one here. But let's give it another night and see if he's still around. Because we didn't think we spooked him that hard. Mm-hmm. Spent the night out there. We didn't hear anything. We didn't see anything in that area at all but i remember we saw we them the two and a half miles away yes yes we were glassing at this point i'm like and this is a mental struggle for me because i've always no matter what happens i know there's elk that stick in this area so for the place to be completely bunk here mm-hmm. uh it's fairly unusual so i'm trying to get out of my mental rut even though i tell folks to do that right it's hard to do mm-hmm. um, and i simply remember we were glassing and we saw i saw a single cow in that meadow two and a half miles three miles away whatever it was Mm-hmm. I was like, that's funky because it was like f- three or four in the afternoon. And like, there's no such thing as a single cow in a meadow at three in the afternoon. Like, there's got to be elk. And then that night at like, you know, sundown, we looked over and there were what, like 15 or 18 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot. It looked like a big group way across. Yeah. And that's why that tripod pans out. You could never see mm-hmm. that, never even see that single elk without it. No way. It was wide open. Like, that. the tripod. I'm always going to get pushback and I'm always going to get messages from guys on this, but you can legitimately see elk at four or five miles, you know, if it's conditions are right um, with eight X binoculars, it's insane. So, uh, yeah, yeah so we were that motion, right? Yeah. It's the motion. It's just that little speck of tan, right. With the light mm-hmm. on it. It's, uh, yeah, it's when it's totally still, like the number one thing is just got to be completely still. You're, you're not even touching it with your eyes. Yeah. It's just floating and you're just looking through it. You move the eye cups all the way in. 
uh, pretty cool. So the power of the tripod, right? But anyway, nothing in that area that night. We did a really sketchy kind of side hill out of there through these massive shoots where I've always seen elk and it's like the last area they'd ever be in that. Like it's the thickest, nastiest stuff they could be in. And we saw what, like, no, we saw a bunch of sign, but none of it that fresh. Yeah. 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 And so we were like, okay, we're out of here. We're done. Yeah. I remember you saying like, Hey, I'm excited for tomorrow morning. We're going to go through those shoots. That'll probably be like a decent, like our best chance so far and nothing. And I've never been through those shoots in the three years I've been there, but there's always, always elk in the shoots. You can go up the other side and glass it and you always see elk in there. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go through here and they're going to be here and nothing. So I'm like, okay, they're, they're not in the area. We're out. Yeah. Um, so then this is where the stuff gets real fun, right? <laughs> and that's the, cause originally we had planned just, you know, uh, two nights together. Yeah. And so I thought I was going to go back. So, and then, you know, yeah. that night you were like, all right, so tomorrow we're going to go in my head. I'm yeah. like, Oh, nice. I get what? to do another day with Baxter. <laughs> go ahead. This is all, all right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Basically like as long as, you know, as long as you want to do it, um, yeah. you know, it's nice to have somebody else to, to be with and get to teach, you know, it's fun. So it was mm-hmm. good. We're having a good time. I mean, it was pretty awesome to have that encounter, have that bull, even oh, though yeah. I'm like, wow, this place is dead. <laughs> guys, I guess you're like, this yeah. place is dead. I'm like, oh my God, I heard my first bugle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, guys don't believe me when I say this, but there's literally two valleys in this area where I will always, always, always. There's been two times I've never seen them and they're both that those times. See, see 10 to 20 elk in there. And I treat them well. I don't go in there. I don't spook them. I mean, I go in and when I hunt them, I'm so careful. I come out like they stay there because no one ever goes there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so got out of there. We're like, okay, we're going over to the other spot. Now, so we transfer, we repack everything. We get lunch, do all that stuff. It's the next morning. Uh, we're now getting down to the wire. I think it's what? Friday, right? Uh, yeah, it's Friday. It's two nights. Yeah. yeah. From Wednesday. Yeah. So it's Friday. We go over to the other spot. We go, uh, it's kind of an interesting, one of the more interesting topographies I've ever seen. It's like a, it's like a giant flat 45 degree, around 30 degree ridge. Mm-hmm. You know, massive. What? One mile from top to bottom and probably three miles wide. Oh yeah. 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 But there's like a Creek running diagonal up it. So there's this random like trench going diagonally up this thing, mm-hmm. a Creek in it. Um, so we kind of quartered that and we got up to it, set up camp in a not so great spot, which we'll get to later. <laughs> um, and then we, uh, set out at like three or four. I remember we went 200 yards from camp across the Creek. Oh, that's right. And, uh, I kind of, I remember I was getting the heebie jeebies or something was feeling weird. And I remember I was, for some reason I was going slow already. The wind was swirly. The wind was swirly. Yeah. yeah. Like we're yeah. kind of near the base of where we wanted to go up to these other elk and, Mm-hmm. sure enough boom out comes a, a bull at what probably about 80 90 yep just running running not even Sprint. didn't have a doubt you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah just gone um it's a bummer because he went through a nice window too but yeah but he winded us i got it on video too yeah i remember we got on video yeah good mm-hmm. good visual on that one uh, so it's cool because we're like hey we're definitely in the right area we're not even to where we saw them all and there's elk everywhere so we found yeah. them right which is really cool feeling Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back into them uh and this is uh well not quite yet but i'll say it gets crazy from here but so we went up to where we saw them right and that was a really that was a pretty gnarly little hike up through that sh- like oh, scree, that was steep. really steep scree kind of stuff yeah probably, probably 
like yeah. 800 feet up at that point. And this yeah. is the spot we saw the, the day before two and a half miles across this huge thing. So yeah, we're there yeah. now. We're there now. And we'd, we forgot to tell the detail. Like we sat at the bottom of that for what, probably an hour. Just waiting for the wind. You mean just waiting for the wind. Yeah. It kept shifting and we'd walk five more feet and then it would swirl. And I'm like, ah, so we, we waited a that really a long debate. time. Yeah. Huge debate. Yeah. Um, Cause it wasn't like a hard swirl. It was like a quick swirl. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to stable and I was kind of like, is that enough time for it to get to them more than a hundred, 200 yards away or right. anyway, we, we waited till it got more stable and the light was starting to force us. So we just went for it. Um, and got up there. I mean, that was a very intense hike and uh kind of physical thing to get in there quiet. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy yeah. to get to some of these places. Not easy. It's a hike, but it's not crazy if you're going, but to be on, shale and kind of rocky stuff and stay quiet oh it takes a lot of effort yeah um so we got up under there walked right hand nothing i mean sign everywhere though remember that i mean it was just mm-hmm. coated and beautiful too wallows wallows everywhere three four wallows creek giant green meadow yeah mm-hmm. everything um and ah uh, we forgot another part when we were trying to loop up there remember we were after we spooked that bull we looked uphill and we saw a cow, cow. And then we yep. looked uphill and saw a spike, both mm-hmm. kind of silhouetted on these little mini ridges. Yep. Uh, but neither was something we wanted to go for. So we went over there anyway, got up there, nothing doing. And so I instantly, this is kind of the running stuff. When I didn't see anything there, saw all the sign going back around to the, the right towards where those two were. I'm like, oh man, they're all over there. Yep. So we literally started running, I think, um, mm-hmm. uphill and over for the next 15 minutes, like running through really steep, gnarly scree stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly sketchy. And uh, we kind of got around to it to where we could see along this, this ridge. And uh, all we saw was the, the cow and the spike again, like nothing else was there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then we had a lot of fun. <laughs> after oh, that. Oh yeah. You had a lot of fun. I was just like, I had no idea that was possible. Yeah. So, happen, but I, I, yeah, I guess this is the fun part about scouting for elk after you've killed one or, you know, when you're in my situation and you're like, I don't really care. You do things you might not try otherwise. Right. And I knew, I don't know why, like I just, over the years I've picked up on these little things and I'm like, I, I felt really confident for some reason that if we move straight at them and I made cow so- sounds, mm-hmm. it was very loud. Like we're coming from way high. We're coming from an area. No humans go. It's getting dark, getting really dark. Um, like, I just I don't know. Just felt really confident that if we called and ran towards them, they'd stick around, and they did. So mm-hmm. we literally what like snow plowed scree <laughs> down. Yeah, two or three hundred yards. I think it was two hundred and forty when we saw them or something like that. It was super and loud. I even knocked over like a like a tree branch. Small bush. Yeah. Down. yeah, it was yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, they totally bought it. Like we got, I think it's seventy, and then we got to fifty at one point. I remember that because I was like, that's killable. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually ended up becoming an interesting call for me because I'm like, it's now Friday night. Uh, I'm leaving Sunday and, you know, I kind of want elk. I really want elk meat and I kind of just want to be done so I can spend the most, most of the time with, with Luke and Margaret, right? Like I had a pretty interesting kind of thing going, which we'll get back to, you know, in a bit here. Um, but I just remember thinking, you know, I can't, I don't want to do this. Like I kind of want to. I kind of want to get a bull and like, I don't know. I just didn't quite feel it. Like it just didn't feel right. And so we let him walk, but, uh, yeah. pretty crazy to literally run out of elk being that loud and just kind of fool them into thinking we were 
something else. It was crazy. Yeah. So you were just cow calling every, I don't know, minute, two minutes. And then we were just bum rushing this thing. Yeah. Like just moving loud straight at it. And I was pretty blown away. Got it all yeah. on video. It, it was dope. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'd heard that from other podcasts. I'd heard people talk about that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. now I know for sure. And they were the whole way down the ridge. Remember that they kept kind of like barking ish at us and like calling at us, like, at us. Come yeah. on. Like, what's the deal? We weren't yep. even trying to be discreet at that point, but they still, I think we'd sold it so hard. They were kind of convinced that we were elk of some sort. Mm-hmm. And it was such low light that they just, they, they wouldn't go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember after that got dark, we went across the creek again, back to camp. And yep. then we just heard bugles all around us. Yep. And this is Everywhere. where the crazy happens, right? Like from yeah. now on, it's crazy. <laughs> I was, I, I remember, I just remember we were like in them. Like there were, the night just before I'd heard my first it. bugle, that second night I was hearing them all night everywhere yep. around us. Yeah, we high, got, close, everywhere. Everywhere. And we got back to camp and we didn't really have much to do because we'd eaten before we left. We mm-hmm. we just had all this stuff. And I remember getting in camp and being, oh, this is a horrible mistake. I think you were in the same boat. Like I was, my tent was so steep. I'm like sliding into the bottom of it. And, <laughs> and mine was like to the side. So I just got smushed to the right side of my tent. Oh, yeah. Terrible well, night sleep. Terrible, right? But to the point of, you know, almost killing an elk or seeing one 200 yards away from camp, like I knew that's across the creek. It's over the little thing. It's out of the wind column. It's like, it's the perfect spot for concealment. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't right. So anyway, needless to say, we both got a horrible night's sleep. Um, but the best reason ever, which is like you said, at nine 30, they all just lit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had one, I mean, I think that one of them was probably 90, hundred yards from camp right across the creek there. Yeah. Down. Yep. Well, we had one remember, kind of above us back. Oh, right yeah, 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 yeah. And, then, They're just uh, everywhere. Yeah. and there were two down in the bottom of the, the valley there. And they mm-hmm. were just, I mean, it was getting annoying. It was like every minute for the hour and a half I was awake and I finally had all the earplugs in and was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Um, but I distinctly remember lying in my tent thinking, wow, Josh must be like freaking out because he's got a monster bull screaming about a hundred yards from his tent right now. Yeah, I remember I didn't wear earplugs because I was just like, this is awesome. I just kept thinking, I was just so excited that yep. night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Versus I'm like, this is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really, really cool. Like, no, I don't, I think if you aren't excited about that for at least a little bit, like, you should stop yeah. elk hunting. Like, <laughs> like, I was pretty fired up for a bit. Yeah. But when it was clear that he was going to stick around and be bugling every minute, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's just brand new for me and i, I knew the next yeah. day was gonna be a good one gonna be real good and so we we went to bed you know sugar plum fairies and all that stuff dancing around high expectations you know santa's come <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. we woke up well, i woke up the next morning real early uh not real early probably like 30 minutes before light right mm-hmm. which is my typical thing if i'm in them i don't want to get out there and spook them and so we we kind of packed up and we were sitting there in the dark and they weren't we could hear one like up the ridge mm-hmm. and we could hear one down in the bottom, but nothing right near us. I remember we're both, I remember we were both pretty like dazed and confused after all that uh, bad sleep. Yeah. Um, so we made some very, very <laughs> pivotal decisions. We we're like, well, this one's just uphill from us. Mm-hmm. Just throw one or two bars in our bag. We'll be back before lunch. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to go up that thing. I'm going to want my pack light. So I, I took out all, all my food, just, a couple little bags of blueberries and 
one little bag of trail mix. Yeah. Yeah. Bad decisions. <laughs> Real bad decisions, but we'll get into why here in a bit. Uh, so we, you know, like we could hear that one up the, up the ridge. It was kind of hard to tell because there's kind of these little undulations in the ridge exactly where it was. We had to wait till it was light so we wouldn't bump them because it was pretty open up that mm-hmm. ridge. It's kind of all sagebrush with these little patches of yeah. timber. And so we got a quarter along uh, kind of up the ridge. And I remember we didn't really figure out where he was for a bit, probably 30 minutes. And then we looked up and um, see if I can paint this picture for guys. This, this, you know, the side of this ridge is on a giant valley. And there's a tiny little valley, not tiny, but like a, a mile or two valley versus a 10-mile valley that goes 90 degrees from that. And so it creates this kind of 45 degree corner and like this slowly ascending ridge. Uh, and that's where we first saw the big six. And uh, on our side of it, it was totally open sagebrush. On his side of it, just thick, thick. timber. Thick, mm-hmm. thick, 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 thick. And, uh, you know, if you're looking up the little mini valley, it's, he's on the left side, right? Mm-hmm. It's where he goes around the corner. And so we saw him there and we kind of had to sit still. Yeah, he's definitely skylined. Yeah, totally skyline. That was a cool moment. I just think I remember that looking up there and seeing just giant six point skyline Mm -hmm. on that in the morning. That's pretty special. Um, Yeah, definitely correct me and jump in here, Josh. If I if I start forgetting, so we're but we're like we want this elk. He's bugling. He's Mm -hmm. going nuts. He's got a cow with him, just one. So we wait, and he goes kind of around that off that little ridge uh, into that little mini valley and starts kind of side hilling in that thick stuff. The second he goes off that ridge, we just go for it. Uh, we go ripping up there to try to get to him. And uh, I remember it got super thick. Yeah. And one of the thicker parts we've been in and just moving through there was tough. And see if I can remember the exact sequence of events here. Basically, we were tailing him and I had you stay like 30 yards behind me-ish. I think you said 50 and maybe I, I, I ended up staying further, <laughs> a little too far. Who knows? All I know is that we thought we were really close to him when we came around that ridge. Uh, and it's pretty clear that he was moving quick, kind of back up that valley. And so I started moving, started moving faster. Then I started almost like jogging or running kind of down this, even though it was super thick, because I'd just mm-hmm. make a little cow call and kind of run through it. And I'm like, I, I just want to get on him f- before he before he gets where he wants to go. This is my least favorite time to hunt elk. This is that, that morning when they're moving because they're moving uphill and chasing them uphill is just like futile. Right. Right. And it, it totally ended up that way. We chased them up the whole darn Valley, but we'll get there. Uh, so a bunch of things happen at this point. We're now kind of walking up this super thick wooded Valley with a Creek at the bottom of it, kind of dropping down towards the Creek in it as we kind of quarter, like quartering up it, staying mm-hmm. at the same elevation, but the Creek goes uphill so steep that we kind of are going towards the Creek in the middle. And then I'm like, oh, whoop, I think I lost Baxter. Lost him. (laughs) Yep. And so I don't, I was trying to keep in touch, but, you know, telling someone to stay 50 yards back and then trying to keep in touch is kind of two, two things that don't work. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so this is where I guess I tell my part, you tell your part. And Mm -hmm. as we're, as I'm trying to chase this guy, two other bulls light up in the very bottom, one Mm -hmm. down way low and one like kind of right off to our right down in the the real gut, like right next to the Creek. Yep. So I'm having trouble telling which one is the one we originally were even chasing at this point. Um, and so I'm kind of just moving as fast as I possibly can to try to get up near one or get in front of one to make a play. Uh, and I crossed, got down in the Creek 
And I mean, it was what, there was like an 80 yard cliff down to that Creek. It was pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, hopped down in there and then I lost him. I mean, I didn't hear yeah. anything. You texted me on the Garmin and you were like, I don't hear him. Do you? And I, I said, you're probably too close to the Creek. They're, they're still, still both going, of them going off across the Creek way up high. Yep. Which is the power of the Creek approach, right? Which is why when I'm totally trying to be silent, stalking on things, walking next to a Creek is an amazing tactic. Cause like you can be, 20 yards from that and nothing can hear you and you can hear nothing. Right. Um, so at that point, uh, you know, I, I'm really wanting to make this happen. It's the day before I got to leave. And I know there's three bulls in here. Like you don't get those situations. So I'm like, I'm making something happen here. I think I basically just said, well, I'm going to hike up and out of the Creek. And at this point, the Creek forks and it's yeah. two even smaller valleys, one off to the left. And I think that's where the one we originally chased actually went, mm-hmm. but then the other off to the right. And so I, I'm like, whatever, I'll just hike up the right one a little bit. I knew there were two over this way. So two is better than one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Playing the odds, right? Uh, And I hike up really steep little section, the worst section, as we found out later, um, up to the right. And I stop and I start panting and I kind of trying to text Josh. And I'm like, this is kind of the first point where I'm like, I've had enough. Like we've gone up a thousand vertical feet. I've already eaten one of my two bars. Like we're, (laughs) we're two miles from camp back towards the trailhead. Like it's, everything's bad about this situation. Um, yeah. uh, but I was sitting there and all of a sudden I hear two elk bugling upstream and I'm like, Oh man, like how the hell did they get that far up already? Mm-hmm. Again, chasing them. Um, so maybe, I mean, at this point, then I start chasing, I go up, but what, where are you at at this point? I think you yeah, got so I think where I was, right? I got to the Creek and then you texted me and like, Hey, you can come up here if you want or just chill. And I was like, in my head, I'm, he's like, I got the text that you heard two bu- two bulls up there. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to wait here. I- I'm not going to try to figure my way through this and like accidentally spook something. I'll just wait. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just sat down and, and just waited for your text updates. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting like kind of the, I don't even know, like you can feel the emotion coming back of that moment. Cause I just distinctly remember coming up over the top of that thing and looking up this Creek and it splits again into even two smaller valleys. And I yeah. look up that left one and there's like an avalanche chute next to it, mm-hmm. standing in a wallow out in the middle of it, 240 yards away. I think 232. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember that. Um, <laughs> solid six point. <laughs> yeah, there it was right there. And I'm like, Oh man, here we go. Like it's game time. Um, and it's, I mean, as you know, too, like we're way up there. I mean, you were part of the reason I'm sure you were like, I'm not going up is like, we've had some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. Like, <laughs> I, I, like this is one of the f- multiple times this happened, but I distinctly remember thinking like, you're doing this kind of for the, for Luke, like for the baby, just cause oh, wow. if you tag out for this, like you're, you're done, you get to spend time with him. You get to, I think every time I was kind of like mentally, like I'm going to pack it in, which happens yeah. a bunch in the next, you know, hour. Um, I just kept thinking that like, Hey, I want to go back and be done. Uh, wow. it's kind of a weird, I've never had that happen. Elk hunting. You're never like, I want to be done, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm, yeah. it's hard to tell people that and say, well, I'm still just as excited as I always am, but I was mm-hmm. kind of also wanted to be done. It's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Well, you're two month old, you know, son is just waiting at camp. Yeah. And you don't, you yeah. just never get that time back, right? You never yeah. get, he changed like, I mean, literally I'd go for one night trips before you were around and like he would change in a night. <laughs> it was insane. It was utterly insane. So 
anyway, I'm like, I, I want to make this happen. I'm very motivated, <laughs> mm-hmm. very, very motivated. So I sneak up and this could be a, and this could be a 30 minute talk here, but we got to go fast. But I sneak up underneath this bull and he, uh, he's looking downhill and he kind of, I'm painting a picture. There's an avalanche chute to the left of this Creek, but just to the right of this Creek, kind of the right side of this little super steep Valley draw, whatever you want to call it. Um, is, is thick. It's got some stuff in it. So he turns and I'm kind of slowly, I'm watching his eyes. Like whenever I'm stalking on an animal, I want to keep it. A lot of guys try to get behind stuff. Um, and actually I saw this in your mule deer video, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Learn this one, but I was like, I want to keep my eyes have to see its eyes. Yeah. Cause the best time to stalk is when it's not looking at you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're behind something, if it's looking at you, when that happens, you're done. Yeah. Um, and so I'm watching him kind of doing this like physically, like literally run because it's pretty quiet. It was fairly green up that high. I mean, we're now almost what? 10,000 feet, 9,500, pretty high. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm like run 20 yards, stop, run 20 yards, stop. I'm trying to get close. Uh, and I get, I made a bad decision, just straight up bad decision. And in, in hindsight, I tried to stay out in the open on the left in the avalanche chute because it was quieter. Uh, when in reality, I should have stayed in the thick stuff on the right, even though it was a little louder because what mm-hmm. happened is the sun came up uh, and as it started to heat that, that uh, little avalanche shoot, the wind swirled. Oh, and so I got within 70 yards of him. I think it was 76. I ranged him in the, I could see him in these trees and I'm like, I just need to get, uh, we're into a pretty controversial thing, which is shot distance, but I'm mm-hmm. very very confident with a fairly level shot and perfect situation where it's unaware I can, I can do 80. Yep. Very confident. Um, and a lot of guys will probably try to, will call me on that. Um, but I, I don't know you've seen it. I mean, when you're at camp, I shot it with the broadhead right into, you know, I've shot a few elk at this point. I can, I don't know why I'm lucky with that. And I, I feel confident. So I'm like, I just need to get a few yards closer with a little wider lane. And this, this is done deal. Um, so I'm trying to get to like mid sixties and a nice lane and it's world and boom, he's yeah. gone. Um, and that was one of many low points, but yeah, really rough one. Cause I'm like, we're all the way up here. I've twice been like, I'm pushing further than I want to go. This was going to happen. I need this to happen. And like, he's gone, he's going yeah. up the hill and it was a pretty hard spook. Like he, he ran. Um, and so at this point, I'm like, I kind of just sit for a second. I think it's always good to clear your head. Uh, and I'm pretty depressed. So I'm like, I think we're done. I mean, it's almost, oh, I'll have to look it back for exact times, but it's like 9, 9.30-ish. Yeah, it was probably like, maybe like, I would guess at that specific point when you yeah. text me, I would guess it's like 9. 9, yeah. Yeah, I'd be right because I, yeah. <laughs> we'll spoil the story. But uh, that's about the time it's all over anyway. And yeah. So I sit down and as I'm sitting down above me to the left, I hear, well, I've always heard two bulls bugling this one I saw. And then another one up the right fork is bugling. Yep. And as I'm sitting there, a third one lights up uphill of me to the left, maybe 500 yards and really nasty stuff across the avalanche chute. And then the other one that's uh, always been going off to the right lights up again. And they're, they're getting less frequent. You know, they're, bedding down for the day. Clearly they're kind of done, but I'm like, dude, you are like rally again. Like you are, you're an idiot. Like, yes, this is tough, but like you don't get these situations, like make it work. Um, Yeah. 
So to get between these two valleys, I have to go around this kind of nose, like really steep section. And so what I did is I start walking towards the one on the right, even though I'm closer to the one on the left, I just, the one on the right had been more consistent. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's the most important thing because if they're consistent, you can find them. Yeah. Um, and as I'm walking around the nose, I kind of look up and it's pretty clear where he's calling from. It's like another four or 500 yards up the mountain. <laughs> and it, that's, A, I'm like bushwhacked. We're way the heck high. And the stuff he was in was literally some of the thickest timber I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not much thicker timber-wise, but the deadfall was off the mm -hmm. charts. This area is mm -hmm. definitely not burned in 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I kind of had this epiphany of, uh, and this comes back to the switch in the tactics, right? I kind of have this epiphany of like, the only way this is really going to happen is if I call this bull. Because if I try to sneak on that, A, I don't think I have the power to get up to him in time. It, B, it's going to be loud as hell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is so like, what am I left with? Like, he's got to kind of come to me. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I pop the diaphragm in and I'm like, I know what I'll do. I don't, I distinctly remember kind of picturing a cow and I've seen a few cows that were like lost or confused and they kind of always like look right, look left, look behind them. Mm -hmm. They don't really ever like look at one area. And I, I just like, well, I'll throw one call at this bull and I'll turn and throw another call at this bull and I'll turn and throw one up the, the hill towards the one that ran away. Mm -hmm. Like in a very confused, scared, lost cow kind of way. Um, and I did that and they both, it wasn't like they switched on, but they both definitely like came back within the next 10, 15 seconds, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's good. But, you know, it's not, nothing crazy. Like, there, at least I can get them to bugle, right? Yeah. So I'm like, just keep the hope alive. So I side hill into that creek on the right. Um, and I keep, I think I call, call every five-ish minutes. Like, I want to keep a lot of space between it because one thing I've noticed about elk too is they don't, like they don't over communicate. There's, there's no need. Like if one knows one's coming towards it or it knows where the other is, it's going to get to a point where then it doesn't know. And then it'll call. Yeah. So like, I want this to be really realistic. I'm waiting a while between calls, five to 10 minutes. I think I called two or three other times, two times by the time I get there, um, get to the Creek and I'll have to paint the picture for guys to understand this. Um, it's fairly thick, not as thick on the left side of the Creek. You're looking uphill. And it's very thick on the right-hand side of the creek. And the creek itself is like fairly open, actually. It's like really grassy and green. And there's a really, I mean, just that wallow was just shredded. Remember that thing? Yeah, yeah, I do. From all directions, look like a crater. Just hammered. And so when I got to that wallow, I'm like, oh man, I'm in the, the inner sanctum here. And this bull's bugling three or 400 yards above me. So the first thing I did was kind of slide in on the one. I can only find one elk trail through there because it's so nasty. Yeah, at the time, I think there's a few more, but slide in that one elk trail kind of to the right and go in there just to see, is it possible to get underneath him? Um, and I get kind of in there and I look, I'm like, this is just not happening. Um, and at this point I call one more time and he comes back pretty quick. Um, he's still hanging out and I'm like, wow, okay. Well, like he's starting to pick up a little bit. I think he's buying what I'm selling him. Um, and so I go in that and I'm like, there's just no way I'm going uphill. There's no way. The only thing I can do is kind of walk up the creek bed and just hope I can see in there, even though it's not going to get me super close to him and just like see what happens. And so I go back out to the creek. I, uh, uh, I rip one last cow call. And this one was very, I made it like as plaintive as I possibly could. I made it like, Mew! like the, the estrus wine with the long tail. Yeah. One, 
um, and I don't aim it at him. I aim it kind of like across the creek back kind of where it came from. Like I'm lost and I'm looking oh. for the other bull now. Interesting. And, uh, cause I don't, I don't cows or elk very rarely, like, like if they're calling at each other, I've noticed they seem to be, they're saying very specific things. And I'm like, I don't think I'm confident enough to say specific things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't, you know, I'm not a world-class caller, but this, you know, this, this all worked out. Um, so anyway, I do that. I start walking up the Creek. I get about 30, 40 yards up the Creek and Josh has been here so he can picture this. I get kind of up, um, towards the, thick just, side. yeah, just towards, you know, under, back towards where he is. And I'm like, almost down in the green grass just on the fringe of the uh the trees and as i step over there i stop and the second i stop it sounds like someone lets loose with uh with like a two-ton boulder coming down the mountain just just crushing cracking popping uh just snapping just insane uh noise um and the, the wind's coming down the mountain and i'm like oh man this this is going to happen. And man, this is a long podcast. Should we, should we save that part for the next one? Oh God, that's brutal. But (laughs) (laughs) what we're already like well over an hour as it is. Yeah, we probably should because otherwise uh, this could be a three hour podcast. Um, (laughs) All right. We'll pick it up next week, but that's your spoiler alert. This is, this is the bull that goes down. This is the one where it happens. Um, and I'm, I'm now standing in the Creek hundred, 200 yards below him and it's, he's dropping like a rock. Uh, so, well, we'll have to leave it there, Josh. We will. We will. The next one is exciting and yeah, the, the whole journey out in the next couple of days, it's yeah, there's some lessons in there for sure. There's some crazy stuff. So part three, uh, we'll, uh, we'll pick it up there. Thanks for listening guys. and looking forward to talking to the next one.